Hey, what's good, everybody? It's Justin Miller. This is another episode of the Legends of Athletics podcast. I don't feel like I have to reintroduce myself every time, but it's necessary. And I hope you guys are having a great day. And I'm glad that you take you're taking this time right now to be a listener of this podcast and to um, be an active listener and press play and share this with a friend. Share this with your neighbor. Share this with your family, your coworker, who, what, what, whatever you feel or your heart's desire is. I thank you for making us a part of, of your life. Um, for those of you who are new to this podcast, I would like to say welcome to the family. And um, I, I I want to send my gratitude to you as well for being a new listener. I hope you hit that subscribe button and make us a part of your life um, daily or, or your daily or your weekly routine as well. Um, you guys know what day it is, man. It's, it's Sunday. I got to give you some more heat. I got to give you a, another great episode. I got to give you that quality. I got to give you that time. I got to give you the passion. And, um, I, I just, I just, I just love doing this, man. I, I love what I do. Um, but before we jump into the episode, make sure that you go to social media right now. Follow us on Instagram at legends of legends of athletics, 19, at, on Instagram, Legends of, of Athletics on Facebook, Legends of Ath on Twitter. And if you don't have any of those three platforms as far as social media, then go to Legends of Athletics 19 at gmail.com and shoot us an email and we'll be more than accepting of that. I got to get on my A game. I'm stumbling a little bit with these words, but it's going to be all good, though. Um, For today... It's it's a, it's another wild world of sports episode. This is episode two. We're gonna talk about everything from footwork drills to the Miles Garrett deal. For those of you who may be unfamiliar with it, we're gonna visit that. We're gonna talk about Kawhi Leonard signs with the Clippers. This is a little different for for the episode, but I'm gonna give you guys my take on it because I am a LeBron James fan, aka Lakers fan, for the moment. So I have to give you guys my take on this and a few tips for us for those football players getting ready to check in for the fall. Uh, fall camps as we get ready to roll into football season. We're 40 some odd days away at this point, and I am excited. I cannot wait. I love watching those, watching football. That was one of my first loves. I love watching guys compete, and I love just seeing, just seeing it, man. Some, some about it. It never gets old. Um, so with that, I've, I've kind of give you guys. Don't forget to go over and like the website, um, and buy some gear from the website. I'm, I'm trying to get the website more active. And give you guys some more options on there. I also have some programs I'm, I'm about to add to it. And um, guys, just just show your support by by getting some gear. And we're gonna also do more giveaways giveaways on the podcast. And um, we also, of course, you guys know football season's coming up. And so, like we did last year, we started that thing last year. And we're gonna do it again this year. We're gonna uh, have some giveaways when football rolls around. So, guys, make sure you stay tuned and keeping up with the news of Legends of Athletics and uh and, and stay with us. So. The first thing, I was talking to a friend, and we were talking about footwork drills. Of course, if you go to Instagram and you look for it, don't even take a whole hot five minutes. You will see plenty of people on there doing furious footwork drills. When I say furious, I'm talking about uh, Louis Bodinho type, like fast feet and just moving. But are furious footwork drills flawed? And that is a double-edged sword, um, and that that that's a double-edged sword. Um, is is there more to the puzzle than just speed ladders and variations uh, thereof? I'm gonna answer this question very 
as detailed as I possibly can. I'm going to answer this question as detailed as I can. Um, when it comes to agility training, agility training is, ba- I'm going to tell you, agility training is the ability to change direction on a dime and um, change direction and be multidirectional. So things like the ladder and some of these other drills where you're just moving in a linear type deal, those are not really agility drills. They're more just like fast feet and getting your feet moving. Um, of course, this week, I, I forgot whose post it was, but I was looking at a post, and I'm going to try to describe this drill as best I can. It was a guy on there. He trains in, um, man, I think the dude, the guy trained in, like, Alabama. I think it was in Alabama or is it California, one or two. Anyway, he had a drill where he had too many hurdles set up. He had two on the offensive side, two on the defensive side. And basically, him and this guy were, were moving in motion like a dance. Like, they were just going side to side, like, you know, just lateral, just bam, 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 bam. And then the offensive guy would take off and run straight, and the defensive guy would basically mimic and mirror that that uh, from a defensive standpoint. And so I commented on there, and, you know, they were saying this drill was great, and I was like, well, what's the point of the drill? And the guy replied, no lie. He said, fast feet. It's all we working on, fast feet. Um, it. I'm going to be honest with y'all, in football, it's really, no, like, fast feet sounds remedial from coming from a trainer. Like, there's a thing called foot fire, but that's from a receiving standpoint. From a, defense, a defensive standpoint, there is no, nothing on a football field where a defender will move laterally two to three times while trying to cover a receiver. And you already start off in the inside with inside leverage. It's this you're not going to go back and forth like a like you're like a swinging pendulum to cover a receiver. So when when you look at stuff like that, it becomes flawed because then it's more of a show than actual application. Um I feel like as a trainer for me, the thing that I like to do is everything that I do, I like it to be applicable, applicable, and I also like it to have the ability to be transferable. So if I can't transfer what we are doing in training to the field or on the field of play, I'm wasting your time and mine. And as a trainer, my goal and my job, the reason you hired me is to get better, not to stay the same or just say, oh, I can do this showboat drill. And so I'm better because I can do the showboat drill. No, my thing is transference. Can you transfer what you're doing? Does it transfer to the field of play? Can you can you do that realistically on the field of play? The thing with some of the footwork drills, the thing the thing with some of them is they're too long and it's it's too is is randomization is is great but some of them are too long and too random everybody i think not everybody but a lot of trainers now because let's be real in the sports performance world we really we we are still developing and so right now we don't really have a gold standard to go by because sports is, is is hard to just wrap around, and then like we don't really have just a gold standard as far as sports performance coaching, strength and conditioning. You have the gold standard. You have the CSCS, you have uh, NASCM stuff like that. Um, different organizations to jump, but you don't have that in sports performance because it's so different and it's new and it's it's growing still. But with some of these drills, they are too long. You are not gonna do footwork for five to 10 seconds on a football field 
if you're on offense and get open, if you're on defense and defend anybody, you, it's just realistically not going to happen. And so a lot of trainers are trying to go viral. Like, it's nothing. Like, if I just really sat down and really just came up with, <coughs> excuse me, how can I go viral? I'm sure I could create two or three drills at the least in 30 minutes or less that would be cool and freaky to watch, but that would make me go viral. But that would be doing a disservice to my client that I'm training at the point at the time because if you go viral, let's think about it like this. I go viral or my client goes viral, but then when the film comes on in the fall, they don't do anything. What was the whole point of going viral in, in the beginning? The thing is, be discovered for your talents, for your playing ability, not just because you are a great drill person. And that's the thing in the football community now that's so big is we have so many um, players out there now who are just drill machines. Like, if you take them to a camp, you really can't tell the difference between uh, if they can really play or they just they just perfected the art of doing a drill. Same thing with seven on seven. A lot some kids you, you take the pads off and it's like backyard football with plays and they just excel. But then when you put the pads on, they 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 go MIA, you can't find them. You don't know what happened to this this kid who was, you know, so impressive when they weren't playing man to man. They weren't playing bumper run. Or even if they just came up and played feather feather coverage. Um, you know, this kid, he goes MIA and it's so many kids like that. I think that's why when it comes to 707 and things like that, you know, you just have to do a service. And even in that, I mean, it's not regulated to the point where some of these coaches are actually coaching. Some of them just got 707 teams. It's kind of the same thing as like basketball AAU. They just got teams because they wanted a team and just put some guys out there because they wanted to coach or say they were a coach and they doing the players a disservice. And I mean, I'm not trying to go on a rant or a long tyrant about it, but we got to think about the kids at the end of the day because a lot of our careers, us older guys that are no longer in the game, our careers are over. The sun has set. The final song has been sung. The fat lady has sung. The building is empty. The stage has been clear, and the janitor has swept the floor, and it's over with. So our thing is, just like with me when it comes to training, the, the thing about it is you have to have some sort of motivation to that I, that I really want to do this for the kids, and I'm in the best interest of the kids, and I want to see them excel and do the best that they can do, not the best that I can do because your career is over with. If it's meant for you to be a professional trainer or a trainer that's going out there and being on the pinnacles of success that no one could have fathomed before, then do that. But just doing it off a whim and just because that's something that you wanted to just want to do, it's not going to cut it. That's just like trainers out there doing the same drills that they do for the pregame warm-up, and you doing those in the off-season training, like that's going to get somebody better. Or you doing the same thing that your coach taught you back in 98 or 2008, and you think that's going to, like, okay, some stuff is the same, but some, a lot of stuff didn't evolve to be better. I am, I consider myself a young but old school trainer because I do believe in a lot of the old school ways. I keep it simple, but I, I'm also effective. But at the same time, we have to look and say, well, am I just doing this because I love it or am I just doing it because I'm trying to be the next big thing? Man, the kids are first and foremost. And so, you know, you have to, some of these drills have their point, but doing long drawn out drills just become the next big thing is not gonna cut it so for me to answer this question when i when i come up with agility drills and i i, I 
think about how I'm going to warm the guys up. I keep it simple, as I said before, and I keep it short, sweet, to the point. Because everything in sports is succinct and to the point. In football, basketball, what have you, is quick and to the point. It's not long and drawn out. Just like people teaching these receivers to skip, step, and then go, it's not, it's, it ain't that deep. So it's quick and to the point. Um, for the most part, just to give you guys a mirror or maybe a sample of what a training session would look like. Of course, I do on the speed ladder. Um, I start on the speed ladder or start my guys on the speed ladder just to get the feet warm, just to raise the internal body temperature and just do a few things like that. But we are not, our purpose of the ladder is not to get better. It's not to improve agility. It's just to warm up. That's the only thing we do. Now, when it comes to improving agility, what I do use a lot of are cones and the uh, the agility rings um, and using those in um, in conjunction with maybe some mini hurdles. Um, if I'm trying to teach a receiver to stay in line, using the mini hurdles to get around then get back in line on the route um, and things like that. But I mean, those are some things I, I that if I just gonna give you a sample without giving too much, those are just some things that I do. Um, and like I said, I mean, the, the ladder is great for warming the feet up, warming the legs up, but not as far as improving agility because agility en encompasses the hips, the core and all that. And you just can't accomplish all of that by using the speed ladder only. Um, and so with that as well, as far as being a sports performance coach, there's an importance that you must put also on strength and balance within the regimen of the agility work because without uh, adding in strength and balance, then, you know, you aren't keeping the players safe um, as far as when they do these drills and when they do, the, they perform these movements within competition. And um, that's the th first thing. First, we want to keep them safe. We also want to prehab and, uh, and we want to prevent as many injuries as possible. So allowing the player to do these drills and get stronger, strengthening them and improving the balance allows them to know where they are in space as well. And if you know where you are in space, you're able to you know, keep yourself safer. And also, um, <clears throat> the strength will also protect us. And even with, with that, um, you know, also uh, creating, when we're doing some of the strength exercise, some of we just do for pure explosiveness. So we're not really worried about a mind-muscle connection. But then some of them, when we slow them down, we are doing those for a mind-muscle connection because we do need to know where we are in space. And we do need to know, be able to feel each and every muscle. That way, if we are in a situation where an athlete may get injured, then we can uh, rehab that. We can um, we can rehab it effectively. And so when they go to the physical therapist, what have you, they're able to feel the muscle that, that should be there and strengthen that muscle and not just go through the motions or be so explosive that they can't feel any of their muscles. And so, um, you know, that just makes for a more effective rehab because if you don't have a mind-muscle connection, then you can rehab it, but you just won't be won't be at, at top performance as, as you may want to be. And so that's it's important to do the footwork drill, the agility drills or footwork drills, but it's also important to add strength and balance within that as well, within within your session. So if you're doing hour-long sessions or you're doing an hour-and-a-half sessions, what have you, make sure that you schedule those within the session as well um, because those are are, are, uh, are important. And um, that's just like within – a lot of, uh, most of the sessions that I do with my guys, my football guys especially, we're going to do plyometrics. That's just a given and, and things like that because you want to be an explosive 
an explosive athlete um, to, to be able to move and get where you need to get without taking so much time. And, um, you know, as I said before, we were talking about the benefits of extended drills. There's not really any um, when you're looking at it from an aspect of agility. Um, as far as conditioning goes, I, I mean, it, it plays a small a small role in conditioning, but as I said before, sports are succinct. Most plays in football last five seconds or less, unless it's a Hail Mary, it may go for a little longer, but most of them are five seconds or less, so it's really no benefit to doing um, drills that last uh, five-plus seconds. Same thing with basketball, um, same thing with baseball, soccer. Um, soccer, you may be able to get away with doing extended drills because the ball may just be on one side of the field longer, but you wouldn't do agility drills that long. It would more so just be conditioning um, because, like I said before, it's, it's really no point in doing extended drills. You, you just – it's – the more I, I'm, I'm just sitting here and even when I was doing my notes and doing the research and studying and stuff, it's just nothing – nothing no point like it's just you get nothing from it except for just an extended drill and a bunch of movement and motion uh for nothing that doesn't even correlate and so um you know guys for the athletes out there that you know surf uh instagram and things like that just be careful about what you jump in and what you add to your routine if you train on your own um, just be very conscious and ask yourself the question, does it make sense? Can I transfer this? Is it something that's re that's, is it a realistic movement to what I do or the activity that I do within my sport? And, um, you know, that if you can't, if you, if, if the answer is no to any of those questions, then it's probably not going to do or have a lot of benefit for you. Um, but with that, let's jump into the next thing. Mal